0: Hey, hello. Hi. Welcome to and we're live. We are well, we're not live, but
1: we're live as can be.
0: Yeah, we're recorded, but we were this to thank you for joining us for this recorded version of the Marooned Media Boat podcast. Yes, we are still marooned. It is April 15th, 2020, and uh this is episode what? 200 23 23 223 big two, 224 224 223 one of those. Um, it's thank you for there. joining us again this week. We, yes, we are still marooned, we are still recording from separate houses. Um, here in lockdown city,
1: but we are still recording, and that's what counts.
0: Yes, there is still a medium of podcast. Uh, we will never go away. Well, I mean, maybe someday, but.
1: Hey, don't put not that on me, Ricky Bobby.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, thank you for joining us. If you're not uh, familiar with what we do here, we are a podcast all about the media, including movies, television, video games, and music. Not necessarily in that order. And we have plenty of those things to talk about today. My name is Matt. His name is Mike.
1: I'm Mike. He's Matt. Just the two of us today. No special but, guests, but that's no, fine. That's we'll probably, fine.
0: Probably well, be a short today so let's we'll get
1: through this pretty quickly then yeah let's get rolling
0: right into it let's start talking about movies we are skipping again box office numbers as there are none and moving straight into well is there a new release this week
1: uh no i mean my spy was kicked off of the schedule i don't think it is getting a official home release but that being said universal is celebrating the success of Trolls World Tour on home release. Yeah. It's currently number one across all platforms. I assume yeah. they did not pay for that, but who knows?
0: On, um, on a Sunday call with my family, I found out that not one but two separate houses, uh, members, family members in separate locations had rented Trolls World Tour that Friday.
1: Hmm. So, yeah,
0: it's a successful uh, thing, apparently.
1: Yeah, you know, and there's... When you can't really go out, apparently. That can be successful. And at 20 bucks a pop, yeah, that's a pretty good deal, depending on how many people you have in your family.
0: Yeah, as we've uh, discussed before.
1: Uh, let's roll right into movie news,
0: though, since there's no uh, new movies, really, to talk about. Our first story is about... You're probably wondering about those um, uh, movie theater chains and how they're uh, uh, doing in this uh, time of no movies.
1: All right. Since we've stopped reporting on the box office, they, in turn, have stopped generating revenue.
0: Yep. Well, let's just say that, like that generating uh, no revenue thing, uh, it's kind of hurt these chains. And so some of them are taking measures. First up, of course, is Cinemark who will be launching an offering of $250 million in senior secured notes. The theater chain said the debt securities will be used for general corporate purposes, general corporate purposes, Absolutely. which include enhancing the its liquidity liquidity at a time when cinemas have been closed indefinitely due to the coronavirus. Cinemark, which is the third largest exhibitor, said the debt will be secured by a first priority lien on its leases that sale comes as the exhibition sector is in free fall. It's unclear when coronavirus will have dissipated enough for cinemas to reopen. Cinemark has furloughed employees and shut down nearly all of its nearly 350 locations wor- nationwide. CEO Mark Zorati and Cinemark's board of directors will forego their salaries during the crisis. That's nice. Um, they had a debt load of $3.4 billion even at the end of th- 2019.
1: All right, but when you're a business, you know, it's good to have debt, or at least that's what I've been told. <laughs> <laughs> I, feel, I feel like that's not true, but who am I? I'm not a business.
0: I'm not a businessman. Well, it's, a business.
1: it's debt because you immediately reinvest that into the company, so you never have a profit.
0: Yes. Um, other chains, such as AMC Theaters, appear on the verge of insolvency as they begin to explore chapter 11 bankruptcy options. Do we come out the other end of this thing and have a shakeup in the major uh, theater chains?
1: I would like to see the, the liquidation of these huge major mm-hmm. chains and return to form of a lot of smaller chains, a lot of more options. Yeah, imagine. have Cinemark, AMC, Hawkins, and that's it. Regal. Regal.
0: Yeah, like as, as these bigger companies are losing more and more money, yeah, I can imagine them selling a lot of their property. And like at the end of the end of this, maybe smaller smaller groups per com- snapping them up.
1: Right. But this does leave quite a landscape development issue mm-hmm. as theater chains usually take up a really hefty square footage. Oh, yeah. And if they have to sell off those buildings, then what's going in them? Yeah. I say escape rooms up the wazoo.
0: <laughs> Each
1: theater is large enough to house its own escape room. In theory. In theory, yes.
0: Um. Yeah, it's a sucky time uh, timing uh, because so the the, the the Regal Theater that's over uh, near uh, where I work the Irvine Spectrum, mm-hmm. um, they were just had be- they were in the middle of redoing their facade.
1: Right, they were in the middle of re- renovations.
0: Yeah, so like that thing is like, I don't know if anybody's gonna see it. <laughs> <laughs> wow, it's sad.
1: Anyway, anyways, uh, buildings for sale might. My- Become the new things very soon here. <laughs> yeah. So, uh,
0: yeah, I had heard that um, somebody near uh, close to me recently was like telling me that they think this is going to be good for small businesses, and that they by the end of this, you'll see an up like an uptick in small businesses being
1: founded. So we'll see. Probably being founded, but not necessarily weathering this storm.
0: Well, I think they meant after this is over. But yeah. Anyway, um, that's it for that story. Let's move on to our second story, which is a little bit more upbeat. It's about Plan B Entertainment, none other than the Oscar-winning production label co-founded by Brad Pitt.
1: Yes, Brad Pitt, executive producer, Brad Pitt.
0: The B is for Pitt, uh, uh, Brad. Yes, the
1: B is for Pitt. You got it (laughs) right. No,
0: it's for Brad, I guess. Um, they have signed a first look feature deal with Warner Brothers Pictures. Uh, Warner Brothers will also handle global distribution of Plan B titles under the terms of the agreement. The move to WB comes after a three year first look with Megan Ellison's Annapurna Pictures. The agreement represents a doubling down on Plan B's vision of substantive theatrical movie going experiences made with top filmmakers and often premium intellectual property. Why do you think uh, they're uh, making the hop from an indie to a major?
1: Did they win any awards in the past three years?
0: Uh, You tell me.
1: (laughs) That'd be no. Okay. so. Uh, 12 Years a Slave was a Warner Brothers picture. I don't believe that was Annapurna, but that was their one and only basically big hit with Annapurna, and I can see why they would go...
0: Is this a marketing move, then, you think? Do you think that they just think that Warner has more money to, like, throw in front of uh, the Academy's
1: face? Uh, Partially that, and I think also the returns on pictures from Annapurna, as we have reported on. They haven't been too good at both Annapurna and A24. While they both make really, really great films, the box office says otherwise.
0: Got it, okay.
1: And I want to say this is more of a business marketing decision than a creative one.
0: Yeah, no, that makes sense. And if you're Brad Pitt, uh, you want your name seen in more places. So that makes sense.
1: Well, not only that, but now Warner Brothers can hand Brad Pitt a starring vehicle for him, which you would not only get paid up front for acting, but also on the back end for producing. True. True. That is true. So, as we say here in the Bell Podcast, it's a business. <laughs> it's a business. <laughs> yep. I may right, not well. like it. I may, I may still like Annapurna Pictures and what they're doing over there, but it's a business. And this clearly feels like a 100% business financial game, which is a good move for Plan B. I'm not dissing that it's a bad move. This is definitely a good move for them.
0: That makes sense. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Um, before we move on to uh, television news, did, uh, you see any did not watch
1: time? trolls. I did okay. not pony up the 20 dollars.
0: So all right, well, I got nothing no movies to really start, st- talk about either. We've been watching old stuff here. Ooh, you should
1: watched watch the- Old Yeller.
0: No, we watched Aladdin and the Little Mermaid.
1: Like I said, you should watch Old Yeller.
0: I'm not going to watch Old Yeller. It's on Disney+. Plus. That doesn't mean I'm going to watch it. Okay. Let's talk about television. And we always start the television uh, section of the show with Sports Corner. Yes, believe it or not, some sports are sort of happening.
1: So, yeah, we talked about uh, UFC 249 happening last Wednesday.
0: And guess what?
1: Literally the next day. <laughs> Literally the
0: next day, UFC 249 was canceled two days before the event. This is probably a smart decision.
1: Uh, this was also not Dana White's decision.
0: Well, yeah, no. This is the guy who wants to like, bring all his fighters to an island that he owns and make them fight there.
1: Yes, apparently Dana White went on ESPN and said that these were higher-ups, way above him, even way above ESPN, who currently owns the UFC or has uh-huh. um, marketing right, broadcast rights for UFC. Yeah, That they would not air it, that it would not be seen, that if they went through with this, they would basically disown the UFC. Yeah. And so, yeah, that's kind of like a real extreme way to not get something to go through. <laughs> but at the same time, when you have that kind of power, hey, might as well use it.
0: but yeah no this is for the better for the safety of the fighters yes meanwhile with racing cars comes drama as kyle larson has been fired from nascar
1: did you hear about this
0: no i know nothing about this
1: okay you know who kyle larson is no no i do not does the name larson mean anything to you no no it does not not even with brie larson
0: uh well I mean yeah but I know who Brie Larson is if that is your question
1: <laughs> yes that is the question apparently there's nothing no relation to him but I like to pretend there is anyways okay there's no relation so <laughs> what's up with Kyle Larson uh, so as we have reported here NASCAR has been doing iRacing every Sunday yeah and broadcasting it well Kyle Larson had a hot mic incident <laughs> this past Sunday okay. where he was trying to get his crew, treat, his crew chief online and kept trying to see if he was on and then he used a racial slur thinking he was off mic Uh-oh. but no he had a hot mic uh, he went to all the other drivers and he was suspended and then lost sponsorship <laughs> and then was fired over the course of three days
0: what a loser! Like, come on! Like, even if even if he wasn't on the air, like, dude, come on!
1: Right out of the billions and billions of words out there that you could call someone, <laughs> yeah, why that one?
0: It's a, it's 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 silly. I mean, like, I don't blame NASCAR for making the moves they did, like, mm-hmm. to get rid of him. Um, because yeah, like, that's stupid. It's stupid. It's stupid on multiple levels. Like. First of all, notice when your microphone is on.
1: Yes. Um, this is also of note because he was supposed to be like the hot commodity coming up at the end of the season. Hence he was said to be a free agent and potential tens of millions of dollars being thrown in his face to drive a car.
0: <laughs>
1: and yeah. now that might not even happen.
0: Yep. You know what? Yeah, like he needs to really, you know, sit back and think about this for a while. And now he has plenty of time. Yeah.
1: Uh, I'm not saying like this is the end of Kyle Larson, but for now, this is the end of Kyle Larson.
0: We'll pop up. You'll see him on Joe Rogan's podcast or something in two weeks.
1: Yes, but hopefully this is the beginning of The Watermelon Man.
0: Yes, there you go. So there are still heroes in the world of NASCAR.
1: Yes, everyone. Get get to the watermelon crawl over to Ross Casting.
0: Yep, we can still celebrate Mr. Watermelon and the Roval. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and that is all the NASCAR you know.
0: Yep, that's all the NASCAR <laughs> I know. Moving on. Speaking of people in charge of very uh, of, of, of very high-profile uh, fighting sort of events that were still happening.
1: WrestleMania, yes. Go uh, ahead. Yeah,
0: WWE um, is in the news this week uh, for a couple reasons. Uh, one that you have down here, the other that I guess happened today. Um, but first of all, the uh, uh, governor of Florida made a big uh, stink when he... Uh, basically said that he thinks that the WWE is essential business and should not be shut
1: down. Right, which immediately prompted Stephanie McMahon to pump money into the RNC. (laughs) Yeah,
0: no surprise there. I mean, that was already happening.
1: Yes. Uh,
0: We've always known the McMahons are big, big uh, conservative supporters. Um, The stuff that came out today Presumably, following all this controversy, was that uh, uh, they're pulling a lot of funding uh, from the WWE and there was mass layoffs, including some very uh, high profile talent that will yes, now no longer uh,
1: There's a huge WWE. mega thread today about yeah. uh, wrestlers getting let go, about people uh, in the production facility being let go as well.
0: Yeah. I mean, this was inevitable. In order for this thing, to be sustainable, they have to cut costs because they just cannot operate like they used to. Mm -hmm. So this had to happen. And plus, I saw somebody point this out as well, with the XFL being obliterated, uh, which is the next story, um, filing for Chapter 11 bankruptcy, the McMahons are feeling it extra
1: heavy. Yeah. uh, Speaking of, that is our next story uh, in sports. XFL yeah. files for chapter eleven. That's the second time. Again. So um,
0: the theory is, is that in order to bring the XFL down, you need to have some sort of national catastrophe.
1: <laughs> you well, know, you're not wrong. But <laughs> <laughs>
0: Right. Every time it, every, or the X, either that or the XFL is in itself a harbinger of bad news. <laughs> like when when the XFL is rebooted, bad things are about to happen.
1: It's what the X stands for.
0: Yeah. So yeah, sorry about your XFL fantasy league.
1: Okay. I am currently at number one in my position. So that and I means- will stay there.
0: Yeah, that means you will win by default.
1: Yes. I will win by constantly setting a lineup and having (laughs) at least one person score a point.
0: Yep. (laughs) All right. Um, Next up in sports, ESPN. Um, So as you would imagine, they're uh, having a little bit interesting times here, not being able to do the one thing that they're made to do broadcast, and talk about live sports. Um, You mean they can no longer
1: entertain with sports programming on a network? Exactly.
0: Exactly. So with the the network that's built on that, uh, you might have an issue right now. So what are they doing? They're looking into alternative programming. And so they have things such as a lot of eSports coverage right now, and also streaming horse games so if you're not familiar uh, with the game of horse it's basketball where basically you're doing you're trying to do the same thing that the person di- the person before you did and if you don't you get a letter is that what it is
1: yes it's a. Uh, you have to repeat the same shot otherwise you get a letter first one to spell out horse or at least it's five shots loses
0: Right. So they were doing this by streaming. So people would set up their webcams in their own personal basketball courts and they would broadcast themselves doing this. I watched a portion of this. Mm-hmm. Um, on happenstance, I just had turned on the TV. It was on ESPN. And so I saw some of this happening. I was like, oh, this is kind of, this is kind of a neat idea. So you could have like the two, two people communicating with each other more or less. They had an medi- ESPN commentator as a mediator. Um, and yeah, like they were just straight up playing horse from their own homes.
1: Mm-hmm. Virtual horse. Not to be confused with the NBA 2K tournament they have going on as well. Right. Uh, this one involves some WN, uh, horse involves some WNBA players, as well as some uh, legacy players and uh, active players as well. Yeah. So this is neat. This is very
0: neat. I'm, I'm glad that they're looking into kind of like alternative versions of what they can do. And they're keeping, uh, keeping people busy and keeping eyes on the, on the network. What do you think uh, they should do next? What's the next move? What's the next crazy thing ESPN should cover?
1: Well, ESPN did sign a contract with League of Legends to, uh, to broadcast their spring league or their spring events. So that will be happening on ESPN. Okay. Um, as for what to do next after that, yeah, Rocket League, Fortnite. So more esports. More esports stuff that they can string from, because it's hard to have sports without one-on-one competition. Um, the other way to do it would be social distance golfing. Oh yeah, because that is a single-player game that you can have as long as like they're one course away from each other. They can yeah, still
0: you, you can still do it. Yes. Okay. Well. Yeah, that's it for one
1: sports. Course. <laughs> one whole, one hole, one course. You, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I know what you mean. Yes.
0: That's it for sports, though. Um, unless you have any other sports news to add before we move on.
1: No, no other sports news to add.
0: Okay. Well, then next we have television news. Although I'm putting an asterisk. Oh, wrestling. wrestling
1: is essential. Yeah, no, we covered that. <laughs> Thank you, Chat. We covered that. Wrestling is considered essential.
0: Uh, but yeah, we have uh, television news next. But like I said, there's a little asterisk here. Neither of these are technically 100% is. Television stories. Uh, but this is Not first. technically. Not technically.
1: But we're going to go about these stories anyway. <laughs>
0: Alright, well, our first story is, of course, a story about Disney, because we wouldn't be at the Media Pope podcast if we didn't talk about them at least once this episode. Um, and it's all about what's going on right now in their current dealings with um, the coronavirus epidemic. Their first bit here is that uh, Bob Iger, even though technically, after stepping down from the CEO position, isn't quite done with his uh, day-to-day job. He is reasserting control and reimagining Disney as a company with fewer employees. Uh, So cuts are happening. Iger has reassumed his role of executive chairman and is now intensely focused on remaking a company that will emerge deeply changed by the crisis, as you might imagine all of us will be. Uh, Disney has to close its theme parks, of course, and cruise ships, uh, which combined bring in $26 billion annually. It's also dealing with ESPN, as we just mentioned, making its way through a sportsless world by broadcasting athletes playing video games. But most of all, it had expected to bring most of its revenue from movie openings from theaters, which are now all closed. Disney is expected to lose $30 million a day, while many of its 73,000 workers in California and Florida will be furloughed, while thankfully keeping their benefits. Uh, Their paychecks, though, are expected to end this week. So, yeah, a uh, rough time for the people who worked for Disney. Um, but honestly, the company, they can probably weather this storm.
1: <laughs> probably they aren't big enough. But this is a follow-up to when we first reported that he was leaving. And we kind of speculated, like, oh, why is he doing it now? Does yeah. he know something we don't know? Is he looking to cash out his stocks while they're at an all-time high? Maybe. I remember having this conversation and... Uh, he'd said an interview with the New York Times, which he said, no, it just felt like the right time. And then this happened. Yeah, I don't, and believe, him. Happened, and yeah, I don't like, believe him at all. Uh, yeah, he's going to. So he's decided to come back in to take control and leave on better terms and not like, here, here's this shit show you have to now deal with. <laughs> it out. Yeah. Still, though,
0: like. It sucks that they have to cut the employees' um, paychecks. Like I realize that there's no job to do, but like at least they're being they're still on the the health plans. That's better than some companies are doing.
1: Right. But also realize that they were still getting their paychecks, even though the parks have been closed for a month.
0: Yeah. But uh yeah, that's officially over now. So hopefully they will get the help that they need. Uh hopefully things will be uh continued to be passed uh to help the people who are unemployed and furloughed by this. Mm-hmm. Uh but man, yeah. Um uh, but the greater story here, like the bigger, big, bigger picture story here, of course, is yeah, what well, who knows what this year is going to do to Disney or entertainment as a whole.
1: No, I mean uh aside from Disney, um they just announced that Sam Raimi was directing Uh, Doctor Strange 2, Uh but even then, still, that has yet to go to actual production, and it's still trying to keep its launch date of November 2021, which it probably will not hit. Um, Also, they hold all their TV, all their programming, nothing is currently in production, so we're going to enter a weird state in media of... Big gaps of stuff that either has been pulled or has been sitting on the shelves, and like, well, we need to put something out there. And it'll be interesting to see in television if, like, they have all these like one-shot pilots done, that uh-huh. we like, release them and see, like, hey, will this work now, or is this just something that we're going to throw out there so we have something new?
0: Yeah. I could also see this leading to, since we're in television, we can talk about this. Mm-hmm. Uh, this I could also see this leading to a lot of companies be, uh, uh, investing heavily into reality again because oh, it'll, this, be, it'll be cheaper to make very quickly after this is over.
1: I am going to say reality and game shows. Yeah, they game shows will be things to make.
0: Also, I'd imagine they could probably put together clip packages of anything you could ask for.
1: You mean Just AMV? Only- AMV style. This will be the AMV? return
0: of the clip show. I I put money down right here. This is where we see the clip show come back.
1: Alright, name that host.
0: <laughs> I don't know. You get uh Brian Cranston. Why not?
1: <laughs> I was gonna go with Chris Pratt, but yeah. Yeah, sure.
0: yeah. I feel like Chris Pratt probably costs more than Brian Cranston.
1: T V Chris Pratt does not cost more than TV Brian Cranston.
0: <laughs> no, but Chris Pratt is also movie star, Chris Pratt. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, so but we'll see. Our second story in television is also
1: very little related to television, but we're
0: talking about it here anyways.
1: Well, hey, it's sports. It's baseball. It's related. Kind of.
0: It's Ticketmaster. Uh, the ticketing company has updated its refund policy uh-huh, and will only cover canceled events instead of postponed or rescheduled ones. They explain that we will refund events only if the ex- organizer explicitly sets it up. StubHub similarly made a quiet change that stopped people from actually getting their money and instead are offering a 120% voucher for future concerts.
1: Uh, do note that that 120% voucher was only good for a one-year policy.
0: Oh, that sucks.
1: Our right, 12-month policy. People are fighting
0: back as a $5 million lawsuit has been filed against StubHub over their updated refund policy and not honoring their money-back guarantee policy that they had in place before. So I'm going to add an additional wrinkle to all of this, and uh, something that's been on my mind this week after I saw it mentioned in a New York Times piece. Which is, one uh, coronavirus expert on the CDC uh, says that he doesn't think that events such as concerts, um, sporting events, and anything with a high volume of people are going to be possible even until fall, wait for it, 2021.
1: Oh, I saw 2022.
0: I mean, that could also be true. So if that's true, then tickets you buy for these events, or had bought for these events, say like a baseball game, may not be exchanged, like be be able to be exchanged until a year in the future.
1: Or longer. I'm saying if ever. Yeah, Um, yeah, I mean, because if Ticketmaster folds, which Yes, they are a big enough company that they probably won't, but then again, so is AMC and that's folding. Uh, But, you know, if it folds then that money is literally gone. Yeah. Uh, The reason I bring up Ticketmaster and MLB together is because they partnered uh, 10 years to, oh my God, it's 20 years ago now. Wow, (laughs) Uh, 20 years ago, roughly. Um, to be the exclusive ticket seller of MLB Baseball and that you can only resell those tickets through Ticketmaster Exchange. Yeah. It's so, uh, not just regular tickets, but season ticket holders.
0: Yeah. So uh, listeners of the show may know that I'm specifically um, interested in this story because I have a pair of baseball tickets.
1: <laughs> oh, so do I.
0: <laughs> that I'm not sure what I'm going to do with
1: now. Now, uh, you have physical tickets, though. I have physical from digital tickets.
0: Yes. I have physical tickets. So, I had heard, what I was told by uh, the gift giver this past week, that they were told is that when uh, tickets, when the ticket booth reopens, I need to go physically to the ticket booth at the stadium and exchange for an, another game. And they told me that I should be able to exchange for any game.
1: Uh, I believe that you have to go specifically to their box office. Correct. And exchange it for the value that is on the ticket.
0: Oh, okay. So it's not a direct exchange. It's it is a direct exchange. A direct, ex- other it is
1: tickets. a direct It can be a direct exchange depending on what game you're going to, but like our like the angels have tiered pricing depending on who they're playing like if it's Dodgers Yankees or Red Sox it's like the higher tier
0: uh-huh
1: and then like anyone in their division is the mid tier and then anyone right. everyone else is the lower tier but because you have opening day tickets those usually cost more so i think you're like officially eligible for the higher tier whereas mine is a mid tier game okay but
0: because
1: it's the the A's who are in
0: division but then the question will be then if there is if there are no fan if there are no spectators like if there are no fan attended baseball games for the next two years in the far flung future of November 2022 (laughs) will I still be able to exchange my tickets
1: uh I'm going to say yes. I'm putting the hope out there. Yes. Okay. uh, I too will also be able to do that as as well.
0: Now I'm, I'm leaning on your expertise here. I don't know if you actually know the answer to this. Is there any other solution to this? If I, for example, said, I don't know if we should bank on this being able to be exchanged in two years. Should I tell the gift giver, Hey, maybe you should just try to get a refund on this. Will they be able to get a refund on it since it's a physical ticket?
1: They would be they would have to go through their credit card company or bank. Okay. Because as we just mentioned, it's through MLB, which would be through Ticketmaster, and they will not refund it.
0: Was this as as of like two days ago or something? Did I miss the boat just by like 72 hours
1: or something? Yeah. Like Correct. this was like done this week.
0: Well see, she literally told me that. Last Tuesday, so I didn't know at the time. So well,
1: no one knew they would change their policy. Like, yeah, out of nowhere.
0: Well, I'll I'll go in con- I'll get in contact with my gift giver and have this discussion with them. See what they think is the best plan of attack because they could bring back baseball games, but there is no guarantee that fans will be able to attend to them. And Correct.
1: so. And And those would be considered rescheduled.
0: Right. But not canceled. And that's what I'm saying is like, I don't think that that means that I will potentially ever be able to exchange these tickets, which would suck. So that's what has me thinking like, if there's any way that they can just get their money back and we just start over with this, I will not feel burned. I will feel fine. It's understandable in the circumstance. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So. I don't know. It's been on my mind.
1: (laughs) It's always on my mind. All right, let's move on because we've been (laughs) dwelling a lot on
0: this story. Uh, Let's talk about television that you've watched. It says here that you watched the finale of Modern Family, which happened this past week. Uh,
1: Yes, this happened last Wednesday after our podcast. I watched the two-part, one-hour Modern Family finale. Yes. So, uh, that's it. That's the end. (laughs) It's it's over. Well, it's over. But it is a weird um, dichotomy between this and Big Bang Theory, which also had its finale. Yeah. In that, with Big Bang Theory, the characters are exactly the same as when they began. Unlike Modern Family, where they started with literal kids and had this really unique opportunity to watch them grow up for the past eleven seasons, and it made me feel like that uncle who never sees their nephews, <laughs> and then like they go to like a ten-year reunion, and it's like, oh my God, you're so huge! I don't re- I don't know anything that happened. It felt like that. Yeah. But. It was also kind of a nice send-off for everyone. Um, It did the classic sitcom goodbye thing where everyone was moving away so they could no longer have the very close family dynamic that the show was basically built on. So it had a good reason for sending everyone off, even if it was a bit predictable. Yeah. It was still nice to see that, okay, so these are characters who grow and mature and age like a fine line but also that these kids have grown and matured in age into drinking fine wine. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's a, it's a nice show. I, I, what, from what I've seen, I've enjoyed it. It'll be interesting to see how much like rewatch, a bit, re-watch or replays it gets. Uh-huh. Like, if it stands the test of time, like The Office and Friends?
0: I imagine that it can. I imagine that it will. Um,
1: Right, but see, most of those episodes, I believe, weren't episodic. Yeah. That they did have, like, arching things to them. You could say the
0: same thing about uh, How I Met Your Mother, though.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you could say the same thing, but then again look at that rewatchability. <laughs> Whereas like with Big Bang Theory, you can pick up any episode at any time and get up and go with it.
0: Yeah, more more or less. But More um, or less. But honestly, though, I don't think that that matters as much as we think it does. I think that it'll still be a hot property. I think that the streaming network that lands all 11 seasons of Modern Family will be uh, spending a lot of money for it. Oh, yeah. I bet this I mean, is still, I
1: assume uh, it's not going on Hulu, right? Or Fox? Or Disney Plus?
0: I would imagine have been exploring. this is... Actually, that's a good point. I would not be surprised if this ends up on Disney Plus. I think it's a good match for the demographic that they, that they uh, are aiming for with that service.
1: They have been sending out uh, surveys to Disney Plus subscribers about their likelihood of watching Modern Family, How I Met Your Mother... Uh, Marvel, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., and a lot of other long-form, hour-long shows.
0: Yeah. Honestly, sitcoms. I'm surprised that they haven't done more of their TV stuff beyond the Disney Channel library that they have. Like, it seems like a no-brainer to me.
1: I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, Grey's Anatomy just put all those seasons... Yeah.
0: Exactly. All they have to do is look at uh, the numbers that The Simpsons is probably doing for them. And then they realize, oh, wait, people actually do want television stories on
1: here. Right. I mean, and that also is the entire 20th twentieth Fox catalog that they have as well in TV. Oh, yeah. They, they could have
0: a deep catalog of sitcoms if they really wanted. So... I'm hoping that they go in that direction because it would make a lot of sense, even if they do just call it for the ones that they think fit their demo, like Modern Family.
1: Basically, it's doing them nothing sitting in a vault because I don't think people are actually going to purchase complete seasons no, no, like they used to.
0: DVD, yeah, DVD sales for the like seasons of television has been dead for a while.
1: Right, it's all about the streaming now. And who has so, the streaming contract?
0: Yeah. It would be smart if they, if they got into that business. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, so yeah, uh, that's the, do you have anything else to say about uh, the Modern Family finale, or is that pretty much it?
1: No, that's pretty much it.
0: Alright, anything but, on um, anything from the Disney Plus um, world that you need to talk about? or uh,
1: I did watch the Maggie's Playdate.
0: Oh, the short. short. How was that?
1: fun i enjoyed it okay. i liked it it was uh, a real nice touch
0: do you think it has a chance on uh, doing an, another getting them another oscar
1: well i didn't realize that it was uh put in front of onward yeah until i read an article later about it yeah it was but i, I thought it was fun it was a fun play with uh Ma- with maggie maggie's play date her being in the center but yeah. also like the a cl- a, Remind me like a classic Pixar thing where it's a silent short, right? It was fun. It's a nice little watch. But you also watched something on TV that you're not telling me yet.
0: Yeah, I watched something uh, that I didn't write down, like because I forgot. But it 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 actually works in uh, my favor here because you're going to be shocked. I am shocked. So I was doing some reading on the internet, and I saw that there there was a new uh, spinoff, I guess you could say, of The Bachelor.
1: (laughs) Wait, are you telling me you watched Listen to Your Heart, The (laughs) Bachelor Remix? Yes, so I watched this
0: thing. So (laughs) it is a music-themed Bachelor spinoff. And that's what got me. That's what got me. I was like, okay, so you're telling me it's The Bachelor, but everybody can sing?
1: <laughs> I think they're... So, from what I gather from the commercials that I've seen, they're all musicians, and they all have to hook up and write a song and, in in one way or another, create beautiful music together.
0: <laughs> so, more or less, yeah. It seems like it's a... Um, it's a six they're calling it a six episode special event and it seems like what they're doing is it's like half the bachelor and then the second half is american idol (laughs) except american idol teams it seems like they're pairing everybody off to the ultimate goal of having them perform together and get judged by a celebrity panel
1: then do they go off to different pairings each week
0: I don't know. We haven't gotten to that part of the show yet. Okay. The pilot, this first episode is basically just The Bachelor. Like, the, there's a little bit of the music stuff in there, but so far it's just they're pairing themselves up in the traditional format of the show. So it's important to note here, I have never watched an episode of The Bachelor. Or The Bachelorette. This is the first time I had ever...
1: Or de- Bachelor in Paradise.
0: Yeah, or any of them. Like, this is the first time I had, like, watched any kind of show like this and man is it stupid
1: <laughs> so instead of a rose ceremony is it a core ceremony
0: no it is still a rose ceremony so, yeah, like if you know anything about the, the how the bachelor works it's,
1: it's yeah hard. i watched the finale in like the first episode yeah it's, it's like that
0: it's like that except this time it's um they, have, they did it where it's, um, it was six women and, no, it was 10 women and 13 men or something. I forget what it was. And then um, at the end of the first episode, the women had the power essentially of roses. So they were the ones who in, uh, chose the men. So then three men left. So now they, the ranks are even, but they were uneven to start.
1: Uh, two of the men didn't want to hook up together and be in the 11th group?
0: <laughs> no. Anyway. Um, so yeah, like the, the structure seems mostly the same. It's like, oh, let's put them all in a place, have them meet and greet with each other, have them uh, choose who's going to go on dates with each other. There were a grand total of two dates in the, epi- in the first episode. And then at the end was the ceremony where everybody got chosen. Um, so the dates were all music-centered. So two two people ended up going to Capitol Records, ended up um, recording a song with a producer who had worked with John Mayer. Guess what? It was a John Mayer song. <laughs> and then, of course, the couple kissed at the end of it on the, the roof of the, the Capitol Records building. Wah, wah, wah. Um then- of like they could hide
1: in any corner. Then the other day,
0: which seemed a lot smaller in uh, comparison, they literally walked around the corner to the patio and the plain white tees were giving a free uh, uh, live concert. You
1: mean a private concert to just the two of them?
0: Uh, I thought it was just gonna be the two of them, but there was like a group of people behind them and I don't know who they were. They were not competitors. I wonder
1: if it was like a fan event.
0: Yeah, maybe, or something. But yeah, the Plain White Tees, you know, that very relevant in 2020 band of the Plain White Tees.
1: Yes. Um, Most famous for birthing a lot of Delilahs.
0: (laughs) My favorite part of all this, uh, that whole section, was that the woman who was invited on the date to see them, um, her interview comment about how she felt about the date was, Oh, and the Plain White Tees, they played so well.
1: <laughs> That's it. The only comment, the only soundbite they got. Or they. <laughs> yeah, so
0: so, I, so I, was, I was talking to a friend of the show, Christy, uh, about this. And I was like, that is the thing that you say after somebody drags you to like a jazz concert and you don't like jazz. That's the thing that you say to them when you're driving home. You're like, well, they played well.
1: <laughs> I don't believe I've ever said that to you. they sure played those instruments good they sure know how to play
0: (laughs) they sure are professional musicians (laughs) anyway uh so yeah it's are you gonna stick with it i that's a good question i don't know i think um i mean my takeaway from after watching it was like i get why people watch these shows now like it's a hate watch it's a, I want to watch this so wait, that way I can watch these stupid people do stupid things and get their comeuppance. And, like, that's what, that, that's what this is. Like, so now I have, like, a little bit of more appreciation for the people who are addicted to this kind of thing. And so I could see myself getting into this if I did continue. So it's a question of whether or not I feel like I need that kind of energy in my life. <laughs> I did have, a, I did think though while I was watching it that it would be a lot more fun to watch with other people, because I was watching it while I was working, and I kept having moments where I was like, I just wanted to yell at the people on the screen, and oh. so yeah, I think it would something. It's something that we, we should watch to, it
1: then because we have both a very Trump voice and a very Valley Girl voice that can do excellent commentary on it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, I recommend you guys check this out because there's really some priceless stupid moments in this one that will just, like, I just couldn't, I could not believe.
1: Okay, well, we're looking for more trash TV to watch. Oh, so it is. We'll check it out.
0: This is trash TV with a capital T. It's so <laughs> stupid. You should watch. You should, okay, in that case, yes, watch this. It's, it's a little long because it's the first episode, so I think it's like an hour and 30, but, like, it's, it's a whole lot of stupid.
1: Yeah. All right. I'll definitely put it on TV and see what
0: happens. (laughs) But that's all I got. So uh, any other television before we can move on to cancellations and renewals?
1: Mm -hmm. Target King episode, new episode was on Sunday. (laughs) We put it on for a minute and then immediately turned it off when we realized it was just Zoom calls. Oh. Um. And then, oh, we're watching a new show on Netflix called The 100. Okay. It's about a bunch of people, about 100 people, two from every state, who are putting, being put through human tests. And it's like one big human test lab rat experiment. Oh. To like identify human conditions, but in a live setting. Weird. or in a televised setting <laughs> it's interesting They have some interesting topics like w- what is the best age for people uh-huh. um, is, they did like gender boys versus girls um, what's like how do our reflexes age over time different stuff like that Okay. profiling Racism.
0: Mm.
1: You know, fun, fun categories.
0: Fun stuff like that, yes.
1: <laughs> uh, there's only like seven or eight episodes, so it's a nice, easy watch. I think, okay. I think that's been our lunch show for the past week. <laughs> no. other than that, nothing much. Because I've been playing video games, and we'll get to that. We'll video get games. to that.
0: But first, con- cancellations and renewals. We have two renewals and a cancellation for you. All right. What am
1: I no longer watching?
0: Over on Fox, you are still watching 911 as it's getting a fifth season and 911 Lone Star, the spinoff, which will get a second season.
1: Yes, I have 911 <laughs> recorded that I need to watch. We'll get to that. All right. And then also,
0: CBS has canceled God Friended Me after two excruciating
1: seasons. Oh, God friended me, and then CBS unfriended me. (laughs) Pretty much. Uh, But but, uh, speaking of stuff that I've recorded, Lego Masters tonight is the finale. Okay. So I have that recorded. I will be watching that and hopefully see some amazing Lego builds. Hopefully. I'll have to catch up. I'm a couple weeks back. Yep. Um, also spring baking championship is up. That has been pre-recorded, oh, yeah. or at least, you know, that whole season or this season has been pre uh, taped. So we right. have that to look forward to.
0: Cool. Sounds good. All right. Let's Chat go the with the show Beth's here, which we have a bit of a list here. Uh, first up Thomas L Miller, a TV producer uh, produced happy days, family matters, full house, step-by-step. Step, so a cavalcade of sitcoms for you.
1: Uh, yeah, I don't, and, I don't remember if we covered that last week. I know you mentioned one last one, but...
0: Yeah, no, I don't think so. Yeah. Um, Ann Sullivan, age 91, Disney animator, worked on *Little Mermaid, Lion King, Lilo, and Stitch.
1: And, like, all those good old Disney Renaissance movies.
0: Yeah. Uh, Hank Steinbrenner,
1: age 63, uh, a co-owner of the New York Yankees. Uh, the eldest son of former Yankee owner uh, George Steinbrenner.
0: Ah, makes sense.
1: Yep. Yeah, uh, the other co-owner is the other son. Ah, I see.
0: Then uh, Malcolm Dixon, age sixty-six, actor uh, in things such as *Time Bandits*, *Return of the Jedi*, *Willy Wonky*, oh, *Willy Wonky*, *Willy Wonka* and the Chocolate Factory. The- Ooh, a little wonky
1: there. Yeah.
0: Uh then uh Saul Turtletob, age 87, TV writer/slash producer, worked on That Girl, Sanford's Son, What's Happening? So another Which girl? That girl.
1: That girl.
0: That girl. And then lastly, uh Chyna Rogers, uh, age 25, real young, uh rapper.
1: Uh I saw this one on Twitter, did you? Yeah. Yeah.
0: I had seen a headline about this one, yeah. Mm-hmm. I believe it was COVID nineteen related.
1: Uh, I, That's not what I saw. I thought that I saw overdose related.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that may be true. I don't know. All right. Well, now let's flip it over and uh, hand it over to you, where we're going to talk about some music.
1: All right, and we start music with the Billboard, and we start the Billboard with the Hot One Hundred. All and right. your hottest single this week. One of the hottest singles this week. Tootsie Slide by Drake. It's not Tootsie, it's Toosie. Tootsie, Toosie. Wait, so that is Toosie? Toosie. Toosie Slide by Drake. Is there a dance to this? I don't know. I know he did a video
0: with it, but I have not watched it.
1: Can we make
0: up a dance to this? <laughs> if you want. Oh uh,
1: yeah. I mean, that does require us having to listen to it first. Yeah, probably want yeah. to give Drake those listens. Yeah, I can't. I can't uh, recommend it. Right. Well, we'll get back to Drake yeah. later because this is um, I was the only song on here. Yeah. Uh, number two, "Blinding Lights" by The Weeknd, mm-hmm. moving down one spot. Also moving down one spot to number three, "The Box" by Roddy Rich. Mm-hmm. At number four, "Don't Start Now" by Dua Lipa. And at number five, Life is Good by Future. But really, it's Drake.
0: <laughs>
1: uh, that brings us to the Billboard 200 Your Albums Chart. At number one, After Hours by The Weekend. And number two, Pray for Love by Rod Wave. Number three, Eternal A Take by Lil Uzi Vert. Mm-hmm. At number four, my Turn by Little Baby. <laughs> and at number five, South Side by Sam Hunt. Yep. Uh, I actually listened to that album. and We'll get to that in thoughts. Oh, okay. I know, and it's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, if you don't want to listen to Sam Hunt because it's a dumb album, we have new releases. <laughs> wow, okay, shots fired. We have new releases. <laughs> uh, first up, we have Blame It On Baby by The Baby. Yeah, so is this the
0: moment where you realize that Little Baby and Dove Baby are two different people? Because I had that moment earlier today.
1: Uh, no, because I was still say them as two different names. Okay. As Little baby and the baby. Because honestly, since Little
0: Baby came on the scene, I had forgotten about the baby.
1: I believe that is why the baby is coming back on the scene. <laughs> now there's both. Yep. At number, uh, we also have at number two uh, another new releases. We have Danzig sings Elvis by Danzig. <laughs> Makes sense. I believe these are will be Elvis covers. That would also but make sense. Costello, or Presley? <laughs> I don't know. That's a good question. Or both. So it's just Elvis. It's just a mix. It's a mix of the two. <laughs> and then just one, what does the fox say for Yilvis? <laughs> no. Uh, we also have Fetch the Bolt Cutters by Fiona Apple
0: mm-hmm.
1: trying to make fetch happen. <laughs> Uh The Fun Ones by RJD2. The Dawn of Diamond Dreams by Shabazz Palaces. And lastly, Verminous by The Black Dahlia Murderer. Yes, <laughs> that, The Black Dahlia Murderer.
0: I think it's murder, not murderer.
1: <laughs> yes, it is murder. Yeah. Yes, because it's not the person who did the murderer. It's the murder itself. It's just the murder itself of the Black Dahlia. Murder. Murder. Yep. Are you checking any of these out? No. No. Not even the baby?
0: Definitely not the baby.
1: Okay. Well, then let's move on to music news. Let's. And we have some lighter side of music news. Maybe. (laughs) Yes, actually,
0: both of these are fun stories.
1: Yes. Uh, As the first one is about Selena Gomez. Yes, that's Selena Gomez. Yeah. Well, she has filed a $10 million lawsuit against the makers of a mobile game, alleging that it rips off her likeness and those of other celebrities. The game, titled Clothes Forever, Styling Game. (laughs) is available for download in the Apple's App Store. Hey what what kind of game do you think it is? It's a styling game. Yeah. Like, clothes. forever. Forever. Uh well this game it allows users to buy diamonds for prices ranging from nine nine from ninety nine cents up to ninety nine dollars and ninety nine cents. You know a microtransaction game. Yeah and you allows you to go on virtual shopping trips with celebrities. Quote, from the promotional sales material, Yes, you can interact with the most beautiful models and celebrities, the likes of Kardashian, Gigi, <laughs> Beyoncé, Taylor, and more will be <laughs> dropping by and asking for your fashion advice. So, I want to point out two things in this quote. First of all,
0: Kardashian doesn't say which one. Yes. Um, Second of all, it uses the word advise instead of advice. (laughs) That's not my typo. That was a typo from the original quote.
1: Your fashion advise. Yes. (laughs) I think it makes it more French. Just like how not having the the apostrophe over Beyoncé.
0: Right, yeah. The, allows
1: oh it to not be actual Beyoncé so that can get rid of it or get away with it. Also, which Taylor? Who knows? Yes, is Taylor a boy or a girl? We don't know. It's Andrew Romanus. Which Gigi? Uh, I think it's G... Uh, I don't know. Good Game? Think of it? I don't know. Well... Uh, Selena Gomez alleges that one of the characters is obviously based on her and that she has never agreed to have her likeness used in any mobile game.
0: Yeah, so this is funny because it's like one of those companies trying to get away with this and finally getting called out on it. Right. But it is also funny because they posted a <laughs> screenshot to go along with this, uh, this, um, story. Right. That- they totally, yeah, they totally just traced an image of Selena Gomez and
1: used her uh, in the game. It's like, here's literally the image they used. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very dumb. I mean, so we've seen these bubble games out there all the time, though, about that yeah. looks like the celebrity, but they use different names.
0: But no, this is the most blatant version I've ever seen.
1: Okay, so will they use, like, the actual name but not the actual likeness? Yeah. I guess. Or it's, like, just off enough?
0: No, it's both. It's they use the names and the likeness.
1: Oh, that is, like, definite lawsuit material right there. It's extra illegal. <laughs> right, it's not like you have a Justin Bieber like and just called Boy Z Yeah. Or some ripoff like that.
0: So, yeah, it's not the first time this has happened, but... The first time I've seen a celebrity like get in front of it as fast as possible like this.
1: Well, how long has this game been out?
0: I actually don't know.
1: Yeah. Okay. Well, apparently it got around to her eventually, and yeah, Yay! lawyer up. Yeah. Right. Moving on. Moving
0: on. Uh, Marina Lambert. Yeah, you mentioned Tiger King earlier. That's this pretty. is a Tiger King related story.
1: Yes, I know it's Tiger King related because I saw this story. <laughs> yes, country singer Miranda Lambert and Joe Exotic from Netflix's Tiger King seem to have crossed paths a few years ago, as uh, Lambert posted a photo of herself with Joseph Joe Exotic Maldonado passage as quote a little Monday memory on Twitter. <laughs> well. Many of Lambert's followers sounded off in the comments over why she was with the convicted animal abuser in the first place. Lambert posted a follow-up explaining she had met the Tiger King star. Um, Mutt Nation, her foundation that helps sheltered pets get adopted, relocated, after, uh, relocated animal after Hurricane Harvey hit Houston the organization was looking for volunteers to transport animals, animals from um, animals, hatchables, danimals, Houston, danimals, cr- cranimals. Do you remember danimals? Yes. They were the Gogurt knockoffs.
0: Yeah, whatever happened to danimals?
1: Um... I think they finally caught up with the law. (laughs) Or the law finally caught up with them. Maybe. Uh, The relocation was looking for volunteers to transport animals from Houston to Oakland, or Oklahoma, in Oakland, (laughs) where where there was more room for them. And the Tiger King offered to help. Yeah. Quote, some guy named Joe volunteered his trailer and staff. Now I know it's jo- now I know it's Joe Exotic. I've never been to a zoo and don't even know he had tigers. Obviously, I've never condoned animals being treated badly. But yes, <laughs> yeah. I saw this image of her with tigers and Joe Exotic floating around, and it was hilarious. Because at first funny. I thought that was Britney Spears. <laughs>
0: <laughs> wow, you got a. A slightly younger Miranda Lambert mixed up with, with Britney Spears.
1: Well, you remember when Britney Spears was doing like the whole exotic thing with the boa snake and animals? Yeah. Yeah, I thought it was like that time. Yeah, no. Nope. Anyway. But hey, this is when our, uh, our paths cross between TV and movies and music. TV and music.
0: Yep. It's rare, but it happens.
1: It's a crossover episode. Hey, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. All right, we listen to some music. Uh, yes, I. We both listen to some music. Yeah. Um, I listen to Southside by Sam Hunt. All
0: right. So back up your opinion here. Earlier you said this is a stupid album.
1: What do yes. you mean? Um, I say that it's a stupid album because songs on this album have been released for three to four years now. (laughs) Okay. So it's not new material. It's stuff that has been singles. Okay. Back up first. This is his third album. After his 2015 album, his sophomore debut, he put out a couple of singles and still continued to go on tour those singles have become since radio hits, but have never appeared on a full album until now. Uh So for me, it's weird having these songs that are clearly, have clearly aged, are clear like the radio hits being forcefully meshed with songs that he's currently creating to like create the Sam Hunt persona. Uh And It's just a really, really weird and awkward album for me. Okay. As any Sam Hunt album would be. Yes, as any Sam Hunt album would be and should be. (laughs) Thank you, Chad. So yeah, you're just like,
0: there's not enough new material here and the new material that is here did not make enough of an impression on you.
1: Not as much of an impression as I thought it would. Uh Like I thought it would be more like, oh, you're just taking like the two three hits that you singles that you've had and just doing more of that, but except those fall fail in comparison like directly next to them, whereas if it was like its own standalone album with like all new songs, like okay, you know maybe these can stay on their own it's not like as good as the hits that you've had
0: What songs are?
1: What songs are repeats? Like what songs are like the singles or... Uh, I am talking about, you know, that song. Let me see. here. No, sorry, <laughs> not. It's that song.
0: Oh, it's that song.
1: No, no. I'm looking at my albums here. There's my recently played stuff. Uh, where'd you go? Like, uh, what's the one that's on the radio now? Kinfolk. No, not Kinfolk, the other one. (laughs) Damn. Oh, Body Like a Back Road.
0: Yeah, that's
1: like. Yeah, that's on this album. Wow, that's old. Yeah, Downtown's Dead, also on this album. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like, those songs are on this album and considered a part of this album, but they've been part of his catalog for a while now. So basically for some reason, he ended up do an album? He, well, because like I said, he, like his last album was in 2015. And then he's just been putting a, did a, a live album and a couple like singles and stuff. Also, Drinking Too Much from 2017 is on this album. <laughs> so it's like he has stuff that That's really apparently like had material but never enough for a full album or like a studio never said, hey, you need to put, like, forcing his hand to put out an album. So now it's just being, now it's like contract, it feels like a contract's being run up on him where, like, you need to put out an album now or we're, or we're dropping you. Yeah. And it's like, oh, well, here, I have half an album right here. Let's just put those on there and I'll slap on some other songs. So it's yeah, just to, like, fulfill before. it. I don't know. Did you listen to the album? Not yet. Okay, so. But I heard
0: <laughs> half of it, it,
1: sounds like. Yeah, you've already heard half of it. And, like, that half is good, the stuff that you've already heard on the radio. It's all the new stuff that, that, that fails... Like it feels like filler and not the, his best stuff, like he's trying to just like throw something out there but you know, at least now his singles are now officially part of an album, so that counts for something. yeah, it's something it's something dot jpeg exactly, uh, but you listen to an album
0: yeah um so i listened to the new uh album by the strokes yeah
1: the the new abnormal
0: yeah those new strokes um (laughs) yeah it's a strokes album. i don't want to shock you here i am shocked (laughs) um there's some songs that are very clearly sound like the strokes which i guess in 2020 is good news because that means that there is something to like here um it's a little bit more balanced, I think, than some of their other latter records have been. It's still, of course, not as good as the first two. I don't know if they'll ever be able to kind of match what they were able to do early on in their career. Um, but yeah, there's some decent stuff on here. Um, the opening song is, uh, is a real blast. And from there on, it's a little bit more mixed. There's definitely some downers here where like, they leaned way too heavily in... Um, synth ballad territory and like it doesn't have the same kind of driving guitars you're looking for in a Strokes song um but i would say overall there's enough here it, it makes an interesting listen i don't know if it's going to be something that i revisit a lot but it's all right it's uh better than i thought it was going to be and yeah if you need new strokes material uh this has it and um it's not bad
1: So it's worth checking out then. Yeah, if you like the
0: strokes. Yeah, if you've ever liked them, um, I think it's worth checking out just for the songs that are like them operating, doing what they do best. Uh, It's not all that, but there's enough of that to keep keep a a listen going.
1: Okay. Yeah, it's all right. Nice. And that's all I have to say about it. All right, and then that means we can is <laughs> you listen to anything else, or can we move on to We can move games? on into the world of video games. All right, let's move on into video games, then. Woohoo. hoo uh, First, upcoming new releases. Yes. If release. somehow you didn't spend your money on any of the new releases last week, <laughs> we have one new release for you. Space Engineers, colon, Ultimate Edition for the Xbox. That's it. That's it. So, on to video game news. Yes. So, Um, a real crazy one and then a real normal one this week. All right. First crazy one Cooking Mama. You know, Cooking Mama.
0: Have you heard about any of the controversy over the Switch Cooking Mama game?
1: No. Then read and be surprised. All right. Well,. The creator of Cooking Mama franchise is threatening to sue the chef pants off of the off the cooking mama colon Cookstar publisher. Why? Because Office Create, the company behind the Cooking Sim series, says it canceled the Nintendo Switch game due to quality concerns. But the publisher, Planet Entertainment, LLC, went ahead and released it anyways. Well, according to an official statement from Office Create, uh, Planet's build, quote, fail to meet the standards that our customers expect and deserve, end quote. Uh, despite this, the publisher released Cooking Mama, colon, Cookstar, Without addressing all of the rejections and without Office Create's approval, as Paul Hollywood would say, the build was underdone.
0: <laughs> for all those uh, British ba- baking show uh, heads out
1: there, I tried to put on my best British accent for it. <laughs> uh, the cherry on top of this messed-up Sunday, Office Create reports that the publisher. Has been promoting an upcoming, unlicensed European release of Cooking Mama Colon Cookstar on PS4. Cooking Mama Colon Cookstar has <laughs> been marinating in controversy for quite some time. As Kotaku writes, it temporarily appeared on the Switch eShop in March before disappearing hours later physical copies were nearly impossible to find and there was a rumor that cookstar was using the switch's processing power to mine cryptocurrency <laughs> this is a very spicy stuff here
0: <laughs> so yeah i had first heard the first i heard about there being any controversy here was actually about that cryptocurrency rumor
1: that's what i heard as well
0: <laughs> yeah apparently that's been largely debunked um it seemed like it was just a badly programmed game which is why people's switches were running like crazy and it's not actually mining cryptocurrency that being said the fact that it was pulled off the store so quickly um made people imagine that that was all true (laughs) but then after this publisher story came out where like the creators like pissed, it makes more sense that they probably contacted nintendo and was like please pull this we don't want people to buy this game."
1: Now, how does the publisher release a game if it never goes gold by the developer? So that's the thing, is it did. The publisher and developer were
0: cool with the game, uh, more or less. It was the creator that doesn't want the, uh, bl- like a black mark on the record of, of Cooking Mama. Okay. And the creator is basically saying, like, hey, the publisher told us that there were all these issues with this game. We're not sure why either of you let this happen. Is basically what the creator is saying.
1: So this is a separate company doing a yeah the creator you know, the Mama the Cooking Mama IP right for to create Cooking Mama colon CookStar for the Switch.
0: Correct. Yeah, they're two. They're separate companies that are making CookStar. Uh-huh. Office Create is not involved.
1: Right and. This is a common thing. This isn't like oh why why were they doing this? This is a common thing in video games where you use yeah the IP. very
0: common thing. It's just in this case, the creator is pissed because they're like, well, if we were in charge of this one, we wouldn't have let it being released. Mm-hmm. They are now regretting basically outsourcing this
1: project out, as they should. Yeah, so but yeah, normally they they turn out really well. I mean, we saw what happened with the Fallout franchise outsourcing it to who was it San Diego. Uh or the Obsidian. Yeah, or I think about New Vegas. Or
0: Vegas. But yeah, like this is just I, just so crazy. And I also appreciated uh where I got the story, all the cooking puns that they put in.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, uh plenty of cooking puns. Right up my alley. <laughs> all right. And lastly in other video game news, we have a new Nintendo Switch update. Yeah. Yes. A new Nintendo Switch system update adds a pair of long awaited features to the system. First, um, it's rounded up to a nice 10.0.0, officially a 10 firmware update. Yeah. Um, uh, The new option, they also offer a new option to transfer software data between the Switch's built in system memory and an SD card. Before this update, data just lived lived where it lived. If you wanted to be able to swap between multiple SD cards, each with their own game data, you'd have to manually delete and reinstall individual applications. Now, you can move that data back and forth between the built-in storage and the SD card at will, though some saves and update data still must remain on your Switch's storage. The other big change finally lets you remap controller buttons and analog sticks to the sy- at the system level. You can make changes individually for each paired controller, and you can even store up to five favorite mappings for each controller. Button mappings for left and right joy cons, Switch Pro controllers, and the built-in Switch light controls can all be customized freely. Other devices aren't currently supported. This is a good update. I'm, yeah. one, happy about remapping buttons the way you feel comfortable to doing it. And also the memory uh, system. This is one of the big things that I have against the Switch, or at least had against the Switch now, which is when you download a game, it's on the internal memory, and that can quickly fill up. But now, that's a longer an issue. Put it right there on the SD card, and bam, free up some memory.
0: Yeah, no, that's great. It's probably something they should have had at day one, but hey, like, I'm glad it's in there finally.
1: Oh, mm-hmm. good. Uh, but speaking of the Switch, this does bring us to video game thoughts. Yes, have you been playing anything? Uh, yes, I have. <laughs> I have been... So, I bought two games. Okay, so first, I bought Nintendo Switch Online this weekend. This past weekend. Uh, I have been... And with it, of course, comes Tetris 99. Yes. I've been playing Tetris 99. I got second. And I will still continue to play that game, because Tetris is the best game ever. Fight me on it. Yeah, it's true. It's
0: true. I'm not going to fight you on it.
1: No, we actually had a big whole discussion about that last year on <laughs> yeah. our video game. <laughs> <laughs> They're done that this video games. Uh, no, but so I bought two games this weekend. One for the Switch, one for the PlayStation. A total of four dollars was spent between those games. Nice. Yeah, I thought so too. Uh, the first game. Uh, on the Switch, is called Conduct Together. (laughs) Uh, It's a train conducting game where you can either tell the trains with two simple controls. Tell the trains to go, tell the trains to stop. Tell the tracks to go one way, flip the tracks to go a different way. (laughs) That is all the button mapping there is in this game. And the goal is to get the passengers from one station to the other station. you got to match them with the colors. The train changes colors depending on who's on board. But the goal is to get your passengers to the right station before time runs out. Sounds simple, right? Yeah. It's not, especially when you take the game literally and it's called conduct together and hand one controller off to someone else, say, your wife, for instance,
0: uh-huh.
1: where one person controls where, how, controls where the trains go via the tracks, and the other controls if the trains are, trains are even running or not. Uh, it, and if they hit anything, if they hit another train, they hit another car, um boom, big explosion. It's hilarious. It's fun, it's interesting, and it tears families apart.
0: It's genius and
1: awful. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, we are being quoted by the chat that is both genius and awesome at the same time. Yeah. And awful. And awful. There's a little bit of awful. Yes, there is a bit of awful in there but also like there's different uh, mappings. You have to get people to, their, to the right destination to get the coins and the coins allow you to level up or to unlock new areas. And after you complete an area, you get a whole new train set to play with. And it's fun and interesting and cute at the same time. Like whole hey. design aspect is very cute and quaint and I really, really like it. It reminds me a lot of Donut Country or Donut County The art art style. (laughs) But uh, that is a fun game. And definitely check it out. It's on the uh, Nintendo Switch sales store. Or it's on sale right now on the Nintendo Switch eShop. Cool. Very cool. Uh, The second game uh, I bought on the PlayStation for $2.99.
0: It's okay.
1: It's on sale right now, part of the spring sale. Uh it is the Golf Club 2. Oh shit. So, after I'd say about a year of playing everybody's golf, we decided to, to finally upgrade to an actual golf game. Yes, an actual golf sim game. And boy oh boy is it an actual golf sim game. <laughs> Uh, Unlike everybody's golf, where it's a simple uh, X button to start and stop your power swing, uh, there's actual control movements in uh, the golf club, too. Uh But at the same time, because these are all user-created courses, they have just about every course out there imaginable. And also, some, you wonder who the hell imagined this course. (laughs) (laughs) and also mini golf courses because that's a thing apparently that you can create Uh, Mm -hmm. so this is a user based driven community Uh, there is a quote unquote career mode but it's just you putting together a series either a series of pre-made courses or a series of random courses to create a tournament and do all those two win the tournament or, you know, do good in it, place in it, win it. Um, But there is no leveling up of your character. There is no, like, the only thing that levels up is the amount of gear you can purchase and buy and customize. And oh boy, am I good at customizing stuff? (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it is a fun game and probably the more accurate of a golfing sim game. Especially if you're looking for that right now. Um, it's on sale, like I said, for two ninety nine compared to the Rory McElroy PGA game that's like sixty bucks right now. Well there's a new golf club three. Yeah, there's also a new the golf club three that just came out as well, which is also sixty bucks. But you know, if you're not that up to date to it or don't really care, the golf club two for two ninety nine. Yeah, that's a, that doesn't seem like a bad deal. If yeah. you like golf, and especially for two ninety nine, that we've already like played it probably three four days in a row now, and got a lot of fun out of it, and will continue to get a lot of fun out of it. Yeah, uh, but as I said, I spent a total of three dollars this weekend on those two games. That ain't bad. Yeah. So that means that. Uh, Conduct together is currently on sale on the Nintendo eShop for one penny. Wow! Which is why I bought it. Yeah, one penny. <laughs> I was just uh, scrolling through it, saw it said one penny. I was like, "Shit, I'll pay a penny on it." I, I need to connect my uh, 3DS and Switch account anyways, for the rollover. Uh huh. And I was like, "Oh, I'll spend a penny on it." And yeah, it's hilariously fun. Uh, But, like, both these games are fun, but for two very different reasons. Uh, But I just have two recommend games. Conduct Together on the Switch and the Golf Club 2. But uh, asterisk on the Golf Club 2 because you got to be, like, into golf because it is really, really frustrating and plays, like, actual golf. (laughs) Yeah. And, like, everybody's golf where, like, we got to a point where we were hitting off the championship tees and still ended up getting, like, birdies and eagles. Right, right, right. Different Whereas kind. This of, one, yeah. like, yeah, different type of skill struts, skill set. Yeah. Because with the golf club too, I have been heavily bogeying it, mm. and like constantly it was like, oh, like I played everybody's golf. It's the same thing, right? No, no. Turns out I still suck at golf. <laughs> at least this is the more accurate version because, like, when I hit, it's like, oh, that's like actually what I would hit. <laughs> And like these courses are like actually what they kinda look like. Yeah. But it is a user-based driven community and there are a lot of different golf courses out there that you can look up and download. We played a hidden Mickey one someone created, which is hilarious. But yeah, it's a pretty fun game. But you got definitely gotta be into golf to like, like it. Well, that's fun.
0: Uh that's that sounds like a really good uh, money well spent. <laughs>
1: Yes, it's a good three dollars well spent. Yeah. Uh, did you play anything?
0: I've just been playing Animal Crossing. I continue to cross my animals, but that's all weird. right.
1: Have you decided to slap Tom Nook yet? Uh no, not yet. I've seen a lot of posts about people getting upset at him.
0: Oh well, yeah, I'm sure it'll happen eventually.
1: <laughs> all right, so that's going well for you.
0: Yeah, that's. But that's pretty
1: much it. That's all I got. All right, perfect. And then I think that's all we got, right? Unless there's anything else? Yeah, I think that will do it for
0: this episode of the Media Boat Podcast. All
1: right, so let's wrap
0: this up. So thank you for joining us for another recorded, marooned version of the Media Boat Podcast. We'll be back next week for another one. In the meantime, find our archived versions of our live streams on youtube.com search Media Boat podcast find our page, like, subscribe, and click that bell to be notified when all of this is over and we're live again. You can also listen to the marooned version and the recorded versions of previous podcasts in podcast form on services such as Apple Podcasts. Search Media Boat podcast in there and you should find all of us there. You can find us on social media channels like Twitter where, where our handle is at Media Boat Cast. On Facebook where you can find our page by searching Media Boat Podcast. Um, Twitch.tv slash Media Boat, where you can see us playing video games like a lot of baseball lately. Um, maybe some golf? I don't know.
1: Yeah, I'll probably stream some golf on, on that.
0: And then um, if you want to uh, help us out, if uh, you have a chance, we will be announcing soon when our Patreon page is back up, probably after all of this is over. So. Keep an eye out on that. It will be eventually located at patreon.com slash MediaBoat. Uh, but yeah, we'll be back next week. Thank you for uh, listening, and we, uh, make sure to download us next week for another edition of the Media Boat podcast.
1: Yep, another marooned edition with more news and thoughts, and hopefully some special guests. Maybe. We will see. Alright, thank you all for tuning in. We'll be back next week. Bye. Okay, bye.